So I'm here to tell you that if you are constantly screen sucking and thinking that I'm going to try and get some kind of life balance because money's not the answer to everything, that I'm here to tell you that money is the answer to a lot of things. It is not the answer to everything, but it is the answer to a lot of things. Welcome to the Bedros Coolian Show. Back when Q was rolling with Lorenzo and a Benzo, I was banging with a gang of instrumentals. Welcome to the Bedros Koulian Show. My name is Bedros Koulian, obviously, and this is the show where today we talk about monies. We're talking about money, make more money, how to make more money, why it's important for you to make more money. And guys, the reason I'm talking about money today is because I really want to talk to you about going from third world problems in life to first world problems. And money will help you go from third world problems to first world problems. I want to very openly, transparently, and honestly give you some examples because I don't care if you're in your 20s and you're listening to me or if you're in your 60s and 70s listening to me, you know that money will help you solve some of the problems that are happening in your life. Some of these problems are third world problems and money solves the problem of not having money. And so if you are in a position where you know that writing a big check can solve a problem, and you don't have the ability to do that, I wanna be the person that helps you start raising your standards, raising your expectations, demanding and commanding more of yourself so that you're not just swimming in the sea of mediocrity and making average money, but you are actually in a place where you are making the kind of money that will win back your freedom that will give you the experiences that you want, that will help you take care of your parents as they get older, that will give you the freedom to be able to move out of your town if crime goes up and move into a better town and move out of that town if crime goes up and move into a better town. Because all these motherfuckers who say that this is their forever home don't realize that if crime comes to their community and they are not financially prepared to leave their forever home, then they are going to be living amongst thugs and criminals. And I don't want that for me and my family, my friends. And so I share this with you because it is time to make more money and go from third world problems to first world problems. And here's what I mean by that. Listen, listen, listen. You got to remember that I grew up in poverty. When I came to this country, I was six years old. We lived in Section 8 housing. I didn't speak English. I didn't understand the culture. My parents both had multiple jobs. My older brother, he was 19. He had like three jobs. My sister had two jobs. Everyone was working like under the table and, 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 and just trying to make ends meet. And we were still having to decide. My dad would always have to decide whether we pay for the electric, electric bill or we pay for the water bill or the gas bill because we would always seem to run out of money before we ran out of month. Like that is third world problems. Like we came to the United States in 1980, I was six years old and I'm going to elementary school and I've got like these hand-me-down clothes that we fucking got from uh, the thrift store. They don't fit right. My, my pants were flooding. I remember that because I didn't even know the term flooding until like these kids were yelling it at me, right? My clothes were like generationally, like two generations behind. Like nothing fit right. Like I look like a third world child going to kindergarten and first grade in the United States. Add to that, you don't speak English and now you really look like a third world person, right? And that was not a good feeling. Like, 
it's already challenging when you don't speak the language. It's already challenging when you don't understand the culture. To have to be broke, to have to look homeless, to have to have ill-fitting clothes only makes life worse. And so I'm asking you that if you find yourself in a position where you're like, man, I need to make more money, why aren't you? Why aren't you? And so I had third world problems. My mom and dad had to figure out that we pay the water bill, the gas bill, the electric bill, because we couldn't pay every bill every month. Like I told you, one thing I would hear around the house over and over again is that we keep running out of money before we run out of month. And so I grew up with this poverty mindset. I grew up thinking like, oh, maybe we're just not supposed to be rich. And for a long while, up into my early 20s, I just kind of felt like I'm always supposed to be broke and poor and struggling to pay my bills. And I can tell you, that felt like third world living. Like you want to have your car fixed, but you can't. And so it's leaking oil or it's got a dent in it. And that dent really makes you feel shitty because it's kind of a reflection of who you are. And you know what I mean? Like those are all third world problems, man. Or you want to drink spring water, but you're having to drink uh, drinking water, right? Or you're not buying the brand name of whatever. You're buying like the store brand, which is like lesser quality. Like you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live that way. And I share this with you because it's not just about like, well, how many Rolexes or Patek Phillips can I own or Rolls Royces can I drive or fucking private jets can I fly in? It's, get there too. I fucking want that for you. That's an awesome life. That's an awesome life. But making money gives you options. Gives you the ability to say, no, I'm not working overtime, boss. Versus, hey, I'm looking for overtime. Like, I'm willing to spend time at work, overtime, and steal it from my children because you're putting a value, overtime. I'm going to get time and a half to stay at work and steal it from my wife and kids so that I can make a little bit more money to put more food on the table. That's third world living. That is unacceptable today. You're like, well, what should I do? Get up and drive Uber? No, that's still trading time for dollars. We'll talk about that in a moment, what you should do. But the other thing is now when you fast forward through life and now you're fucking my age, 48 years old, and I don't think I'm old. I'm just letting you know, like I'm, what am I, middle age in the beginning of middle ages? Well, my parents are 84 and uh, 88 years old. My mom is 84 and my dad is 88. Guess what? Recently, my dad had a stroke and my mom's got dementia. She's got Alzheimer's disease. And we're able to financially take care of them. I'm able to pay my sister a salary to be home with my mom and dad. And as my dad had the stroke, and we had to get a live-in caretaker who speaks Armenian, I was able to pay that dollar amount per month for a person to live full-time 24 hours with my parents. And I share this with you because what is the alternative when you're not making money? It is to give your parents a third world life. So that would be the thank you that I would give my parents. Thank you for bringing me to the United States. Thank you for bringing me to this amazing country that allowed me to create multiple businesses, create such financial freedom for myself that I've got generational wealth and, 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 you know, but now you're going to have to live in, um, old assisted living, right? I would never do that to my parents. Never do that to my parents. So the fact that 
our parents are going to get older. And listen, guys and gals, please pay attention. If you are married, that means you have two sets of parents you have to watch out for. And look, ideally in a perfect world, you want your parents to be functional and strong and have full-on mental capacity until one day they just go to sleep and not wake up. Like that's the best case scenario of death, right? Of getting old. Let's think about that for a moment. But the reality is that if you have two sets of parents, like your 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 husband and your or your wife has a set of parents and you have a set of parents, one out of the four, one out of the two out of the four might have some kind of disease. God forbid cancer, fucking dementia, a stroke like my dad had that ends up requiring a lot of money to take proper care of them. And if you're not in a financial position to make that money and to be able to get the best care for them, where they could live out the rest of their years in comfort in their own house with the best medication and best medical care and the best caretakers with them 24 seven, so they could die with dignity. Do you feel like you did a good job as their child? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I'm not here to transfer my values on you. I'm here to tell you that money is a damn good thing, that money is very necessary if you wanna break out of third world living and know that, God forbid, something happens, a tragedy happens to your parents or to your spouse's parents or to your kids. I, I, guys, I don't want to have this morbid conversation, but if you've got kids like I do, I've got two amazing kids. I've got a, I've got a son who I'm so proud of. He's turning 17 years old. Andrew turns 17 years old next week, Ed. Um, and then Chloe. Chloe's turning 15 next month. They're strong and strapping and fucking intelligent and athletic, but God forbid something happens. What if they got this dormant gene in them that's going to like flare up when they're 20s and all of a sudden they become invalids or in a fucking wheelchair or require a lot of medical attention? And I'm like, oh, well, I work a nine to five or I just make regular living wages. That's not enough. That is not enough. So you don't know what's coming around the corner in life. And hell, forget about your parents and her parents and your kids. Let's say everyone's healthy and fine. Let's just say that the economy starts crashing. And let's say everything starts getting expensive, like gas gets expensive and electricity and power and water and food gets like, wait a minute, it has called inflation. And you are not making enough money to be able to fill in the gap. How long are you going to be piecing credit cards together to fill in the financial gap before you lose it all? So I'm here to tell you that if you are constantly screen sucking and thinking that I'm going to try and get some kind of life balance because money's not the answer to everything, that I'm here to tell you that money is the answer to a lot of things. It is not the answer to everything, but it is the answer to a lot of things. Money will help give you peace of mind to sleep better knowing that there's a recession and a depression looming around the corner. And money will put you in a position to have more options and to have more time to problem solve through whatever problem a pandemic can give you. A global market meltdown can give you. Money gives you breathing space. Money gives you the opportunity to donate to causes and charities and churches that you believe in and want to support. You know, a dear friend of mine 
Jim Saya, way back in the 90s, like he was dealing with cocaine traffickers in Miami as a cop. In fact, back in the late 90s, he was named the toughest cop alive. He won some award. Now, Jim was also a single dad. His wife had left him when their son was born with a spine that was not fully developed. From day one, this child had to be in crutches and in different types of wheelchairs. From day one, this child required severe medical attention. Now, Jim was unable to pay for all that on a cop's salary. However, there is a great hospital called Shriners Children's Hospital that will pay for medical procedures for children whose families can't afford those procedures. And for years, Shriners stepped in when that child kept getting older and older and bigger and bigger and needed a bigger wheelchair, needed different surgeries and procedures so that Jim can do his job as a cop. And when Jim told me about that hospital, Shriners Children's Hospital, at the time there was like eight or nine of them. Today there's 22 Shriners Children's Hospitals. And for the last 11 years, man, I've been financially supporting Shriners Children's Hospital. I've helped raise multiple seven figures for Shriners Children's Hospital. I've got awards sitting upstairs in my office for millions of dollars that we've donated. It fucking feels good to be able to donate to causes that help have literally helped my friend. It feels good that if you're a churchgoer and you believe that you should be tithing to your church, it feels good to be tithing to your church. Wouldn't it feel good to be able to put yourself in a position to, to help fund someone's political journey because you know that person is not a corrupt politician and they want to do good for your city or your state or your country and you can help fund their political movement? Like your ability to make money, your ability to put yourself into a state of financial freedom could literally impact the country's ability to gain back the freedoms that we've lost in the recent years. And so I'm here to tell you that it is not okay to have a third world living situation, financial situation where you're always operating out of debt. And, you know, if you're in real estate, you're like, but there's good debt and there's bad. Yeah, I get it. I know there's good debt and bad debt, dummy. I'm talking about the bad debt that most people listening to this have, where their credit cards are nearly maxed out, where they've taken out loans to fill in the gap because their, their business income or their, their, their salaries are not, not enough. So then what do we do to go from third world problems financially to first world problems? Because by the way, first world problems exist because do you know what happens when you make a lot of money? You pay a lot of taxes. I pay a lot of taxes, seven figures a quarter. I pay a lot of taxes, my friend. And I'm okay with that. You also end up being the target of a lot of potential lawsuits. You know, there was someone that we parted ways with in this building a couple years ago because that someone was not performing to the expectations 
of their role. And simply because I make a lot of money, they went and got a lawyer and are suing me for wrongful termination. Now, my attorney said, hey, man, you know, for about 10 or 12 grand, we could just settle. It's all it is. 10 or 12 grand, you could settle and be done with it. I was like, nope. I'm willing to spend $100,000 or more to get my point across that I will not be fucked with. So make no mistake about it. When you make a lot of money, you will have first world problems. But I will take first world problems and the ability to spend over $100,000 fighting a fake, nonsensical, bullshit, wrongful termination lawsuit rather than just paying them off, which is what they thought I would do, because that's what most companies do. I don't realize I'm a fucking savage, and I would never do that. I could not sleep at night if I was fucking blackmailed or strong-armed or fucking whatever the word is. It's like, oh, it's only 10 grand. Fuck, each time I talked to my attorney, each time I got to talk through a fucking deposition, it cost me 10 grand and lost money. But I don't give a fuck. Because it's all about first world problems to me. I will stack first world problems all day long. First world problems are I don't have enough room at the back of BK Strength in the garage to house my cars. And so Dan Fleischman and I went and bought a 26 acre ranch in Temecula so that we can move the project and the Squire program to this beautiful 26 acre ranch where Dan's going to run events and he lives out there and, and, and building this giant compound. And now all the shit that we store for the project in the garage goes all the way out there to Temecula and I can go and take my cars and stack them up again in the, my gym. Remember, man, I built out this beautiful private gym, BK Strength, where there's these glass doors that look into the garage, these double glass doors that look into the garage so that in between sets, I, could look at my, look, I can look at my trucks and my cars. And now I find myself stacking cars like a couple in there, a couple at home, a couple at a friend's garage. But now that's first world problems, isn't it? I will take first world problems of where do I put my cars? Then how do I afford my one car, which is a third world problem? And friends, I beg you. I will try and convince you that it is your job, duty, and responsibility. And you know me, man. I don't talk about the shit that I own and the fucking timepieces that I own. By the way, I never wear watches, but I own a lot of fucking timepieces. What's the difference between a watch and a timepiece? Well, you're paying more than 10 grand and beyond. It's a timepiece. If it's under 10 grand, it's just a watch. But guys, listen to me. <clears throat> and listen closely. You are in a position right now where you just need to figure out what problem you can solve for someone. And by solving that problem that they have, you can take their money in exchange for the solution. And you're in a time and place where if you have a job or if you have a business, you can start a side hustle without impacting your job or your current business that you're trying to scale. And you could start just on weekends alone, making more money. And I'll give you an example. Ed, can I use you as an example for a moment? 
All right. So Ed works here with us at HQ full time. Ed is Joan's husband. Joan is my awesome assistant and also the VP of my coaching company, The Empire Systems. Ed is a great videographer, photographer, but Ed is also a great DJ. Ed also does weddings and other events in terms of videographer. And he's learned that the solution that he provides us here at HQ for a salary that we give him, he can scale outside of these walls on weekends by DJing himself. And also, and Ed, am I right when I say that you have other dudes who also work for you, like to shoot weddings and stuff? And so he's nodding his head yes, in case you're wondering. You're like, B, who the fuck are you talking to right now? <laughs> but I share this with you because Ed understands how to scale. And he's like, look, man, I could work with B here at HQ and, and I could also DJ on weekends if I want. And I could, if people want to pay me a premium, I'll go shoot their wedding. But if I am shooting someone else's wedding, I can leverage other dudes to go shoot a wedding and he can charge for it. He can pay them by the hour and he can make money by leveraging their talents and skills. And Ed is a hustler and he's working on other stuff right now that's going to build him future money. And if you're wondering, well, hey, does Ed have some kind of a master's? Ed, do you have a master's degree in education? No, sir. No, you don't. Uh, neither do I. We're both immigrants. We're both foreigners to this country. We didn't go to college. You didn't go to college. No. And all we have is the ability and the desire to not be broke. We don't want to be broke. He's got a beautiful family, a beautiful house. He wants to show his wife and daughter an amazing lifestyle and experience. And he's smart enough to know that the money that he makes now may not be enough money for tomorrow. So he's going to continue to stack wealth and build wealth so that when the unknown happens, he is prepared. And if the unknown doesn't happen, that's okay. He's got more generational wealth to pass along to his daughter. And if he wants to support a cause or a charity, a church, then he can and he does. So if you're saying right now that Bedros, I can't do this, I just work. I give you a great example of someone who literally is in a position who technically should just be making you know, dollars for hours. Ed, anytime he's behind the camera, he's trading time for dollars. But he's also figured out how to leverage others. He's also launched a new business in the, is it the overlanding space? Is that how you say it? In the overlanding space. You ought to see all his, his fucking van, his fucking uh, Lexus, um, was it the 470? Yes, sir. Lexus 470, it's all fucking tricked out, right? And he's so fucking gangster, like, I don't even know if I should be sharing this, but he... I don't know, like you either get a discount or you get the shit for free pretty much because you end up then doing like a photo shoot, leveraging it, right? He, he ends up like leveraging it. He will get the products for his van and his, and his truck and his SUV for next to free or free because he uses his skills of shooting video and pictures and then giving it back to the manufacturer. But then this business that he's creating, he's gonna be able, able to leverage that manufacturer to grow his business. Like you guys need to fucking understand that you are only limited by your imagination and nothing else. Ed refuses to have third world financial problems. And he's put himself in a place to be able to use leverage 
and his ability to solve problems. Obviously, those manufacturers have a problem. They need great shots and pictures and photos and videos of their wheels and those fucking tents that are above the fucking truck and the van and the ladder and then the fucking ship box and then the shower thing and the water thing and all the fucking things. They need, they need that. And Ed has got the skills to solve those problems for them. And so they will give him money in exchange for those solutions. It is easy enough for you to do the same, my friends. I need you to think bigger. Get out of the third world mindset of money problems and get into the first world mindset of money problems. I hope and I pray and I'm excited for you to deal with your first money lawsuit because you're making so much money that some motherfucker wants to launch a wrongful termination lawsuit against you or some bullshit fake lawsuit where they want to extract money from you because you've got that much and they thought that you would just give it up but you're gonna do exactly what I did and fucking fight them. So that's it, friends. First world problems, first world money problems. I want you to make a lot of money and do a lot of good with it, be generous with it, serve others, serve humanity with it, serve churches, your, 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 the causes that you believe in, the charities that you believe in, the, the, the people that are gonna to run to be future leaders of this country who have good character, good morals, good integrity, support them. But without the fucking money, you end up being a third world victim where you just cross your arms and you see a problem and you just go, hmm, somebody should do something about that. But when you make a lot of money, you could be the somebody who does something about that. Friends, thank you for watching this episode of the Bedros Koulian Show. I appreciate you. I love you. And I thank you for being a member of this tribe of, of, of great humans who are looking to elevate their consciousness, become financially stout, and understand that money itself is not evil. Doing stupid shit with money is what makes you evil. Be sure to like, love, comment, share, support, leave reviews. And as always, and as I used to say on The Empire Show, don't forget to tell your mama. What's the difference between me and you? Back when Q was rolling with Lorenzo and a Benzo, I was banging with a gang of instrumentals.